Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Man, holy cow. Apparently there's no other Montana news uh, to be talked about in, in all the news alerts that I'm getting right now. All these news alerts. I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to uh, waste your time uh, too much with this story here because we got a, b- a bunch of other stuff to get to here. But I see like a million news alerts uh, as I'm trying to clear through uh, all my inbox here about uh, about Congressman Matt Rosendale responding to rumors that were thrown out by uh, former North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. And it's like, uh, Rosendale responds to rumors. Rosendale responds to rumors. Republican Congressman responds to rumors. I'm like, man, I remember a whole bunch of rumors about former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock and he never had to respond to rumors. See, only Republicans have to respond to rumors. See, some 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 random person can throw out a rumor about a Republican. All of a sudden, boom, it's national news. It's it's the Lee newspapers does the news story. But man, tell you what, you throw out a rumor about a Democrat. There were there were uh, lots of rumors about former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock, and uh, no, 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 that didn't. He was never forced to respond to rumors, but 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 by golly, if you're a Republican, you know it, the the next day, the day of, you're going to have to respond to rumors. Oh, you got to love the liberal uh, fake news media, don't you? Uh, anyway, uh, let's see, man. We got a lot to talk about. I wanted to talk about a couple of things that um, that I didn't get a chance to get to really yesterday. Uh, this was a headline that caught my eye. This in in this one, God, this is probably a couple of days ago now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a few days, but um, it was a, a report by Jonathan Ambarian with the Montana Television Network. He was talking about the unusually high number of amicus briefs filed in Montana with the, uh, the teen environmental lawsuit, it's called. It's, you know, the climate kids lawsuit. Unusually high number of amicus briefs filed in Montana teen environmental lawsuit. Now, uh, we've had a couple of uh, recent stories on our Montana Talks website about the climate kids lawsuit as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, our producer, Travis, did a write-up. State of Montana versus the climate kids, uh, round two. Uh, and then uh, Peter Christian did another report about how uh, the state of Montana has filed an amicus brief challenging the kid climate change suit. But again, I, I want to go back to this whole point here, which is what have we been hearing from um, from even a Democrat county attorney in, in a place like Bozeman, Montana? They've got their hands full. They are so busy with sexual assault cases. They are so busy with criminal cases. They are so busy with drug cases. So busy with all of these cases. And they don't have enough staffers. The courts don't have enough staff. The courts have their hand full. And yet these courts keep entertaining these absurd environmental wacko lawsuits from these out-of-state special interest foreign billionaires that are funding these stupid things. So again... Hey, um, prosecutors, hey, uh, court uh, staffers, hey, uh, judges, hey, uh, Montana Supreme Court. If you're too dang busy, then why don't you act like it? Why don't you look busy? Why don't you make yourselves busy instead of entertaining all these stupid environmental wacko lawsuits? Anyway, more on this story next. Here is your Montana News. A young man from Columbia Falls has been murdered in his dorm room in Kentucky. Josiah Kilman, age 18, was an all-class wrestler and soccer team captain. His unresponsive body was discovered Friday in his room at Campbellsville University. 
Fire and police delivered Kilman to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. A preliminary autopsy determined cause of death by strangulation. Color 8 reports that another student, 21-year-old Charles Escalera, is held as a person of interest in this homicide. A pedestrian was struck and killed when they tried to cross Highway 93 in Missoula. This accident happened shortly after midnight on Monday. Nick Christensen with KGVO reports the walker had just entered the crosswalk on Blue Mountain Road in front of a northbound vehicle. The driver was not able to avoid colliding with the pedestrian. 911 received the call from the driver themselves. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, your winter weather advisory early on for Billings. Still could have some lingering light snow and patchy blowing snow for today with high temperatures reaching into the lower 20s. Then for tonight, patchy blowing snow in the evening, lows in the upper single digits to lower teens. Upper 30s for highs for Bozeman Wednesday, mid 40s for Billings. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Caro. Is Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale running for re-election? There were some conflicting reports over the weekend. We break it down. Go to MontanaTalks.com for that and much more, plus full audio. News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, hold on for just a second, announcer guy. I gotta, gotta leave myself a note or I'll forget it. Um, I, I gotta write a couple of my stupid website articles later. They're not stupid, but it's just, oh, it's like, man, after preparing for a four hour talk show, doing a four hour talk show, and then getting a hundred different messages or plus, it's like, okay, God. Oh, why is it uh, just to sit down and have to write something can be such a hassle sometimes? But it's an important platform, so I like doing it. It's just, man, I don't have a time, enough time to do everything else I got to do. But anyway, uh, what Montana's governor told Joe Biden, that's what I should write about later today. I know I mentioned it on the radio yesterday, but some of you guys are busy. And, and uh, you're like, what was that he said, huh? Huh, what did he say? Jan Forte met with who? So it's better if I just write it down and then you can read the article there. Oh, man. Let's see. Um, okay. Uh, let me pull this one to the top here. Um, so I mentioned the, the climate uh, kids lawsuit. What a joke, right? Yeah, these They're basically these. You've got these rich white liberals using their kids as human shields in the war on American energy. And they're, and they're also basically being the tools of these these uh, out-of-state uh, environmental wackos. But uh, so, so everybody now is filing amicus briefs. Everybody's piling in because, because of this stupid climate kids lawsuit. There is so much time being wasted in our courts. They want to shut down coal strip. They want to stop the natural gas power plant in Laurel. They want to, I mean, you you name it, they want to shut it down all in the name of climate change. And so so this case is important, but it should have been laughed out of court. It should have never been uh, allowed in the courts in the first place. Every other uh, state where this same cookie cutter lawsuit was filed, they laughed it out of the court. They never even accepted the case. But you got a radical uh, Democrat judge in 
in Helena that says, oh, yeah, I'll take the case. And so so despite all these criminal cases that need to be heard, she's wasting time with the Climate Kids lawsuit. Uh, so anyway, the state of Montana is filing a brief. These guys are filing a brief. I mean, it, it's like a freaking Michael Jordan Haynes commercial. There's so many briefs being filed in this thing right now. Um, but here, here's a, a good press release I've got here. This came from the Frontier Institute. Montana's Frontier Institute, joined by a diverse group of organizations and industry leaders, has fi- it was Haynes, right? Was that the commercial? Did I do the right reference there, Travis? It's it's early, and I haven't had all my coffee yet. All right, John Jackson will know. He's our uh, he's our our brief correspondent here. Anyway, um, so the Frontier Institute filed an amicus brief in the Held v. Montana case. Hold your briefs uh, now before the Montana Supreme Court. So let's see. Frontier Institute's brief was joined by the Montana Mining Association, by the Montana Coal Council, by the United Property Owners of Montana, by the Montana Association of Oil, Gas, and Coal Counties, by the Montana Taxpayers Association, by Westmoreland Mining, LLC, by the Buckeye Institute. Kendall Cotton, president and CEO of the Frontier Institute, said this, upholding the Held v. Montana decision could unleash endless litigation on nearly all economic activity in Montana, providing the ultimate veto authority to radical groups determined to stop our most critical projects. We and our co-signers believe this has serious implications for the rule of law and future economic prosperity. The real question raised by this case is what role the courts should play in developing public policies to address global climate change. The answer is none. These important public policy decisions should be made only by the people's elected representatives in the political branches of government. Uh, So great point there. Richard Dunbar, president of the Montana Association of Oil, Gas and Coal Counties. He's also a great county commissioner, longtime serving county commissioner out of Phillips County. Great guy. Uh, He says this, if the held decision is allowed to stand, it will have a lasting negative impact on local communities across our state. The held decision not only sets a dangerous precedent of inserting the courts into the policy process, it will cripple Montana's economy, bring critical projects across the state to a grinding halt, and jeopardize the jobs of people across our state. It is critical to the future of our economy that this decision be struck down. And there's several other uh, responses uh, here. God, let me see. I'll, I'll I'll give more of these responses a a, a look d- during the break because they're they're all ba- essentially making the same point, but from different standpoints. Whether it's farmer ranchers, whether it's uh, coal mining, whether it's oil and gas. I mean, you name it. Uh, let's see. Um, Frontier Institute's brief emphasizes two key points: the issue of standing. We address the lack of causation and redressability based on the tenuous connection between the relief sought by the plaintiffs and the injury they claim. So I, I know it's uh, it's early. Some of you probably haven't had your coffee yet this morning. Either. So basically they're saying, why, why in the world is the court even hearing this abs- absurd case here? That's the issue of standing. I mean, give me a break. Like some of the climate kids are saying, I didn't get to go skiing as much as I wanted to. Uh, do you realize how much carbon dioxide you're burning going to and from the ski hill? So if you actually thought that CO2 was causing climate change and climate change was going to cause the world at the end, you shouldn't be driving to the ski hill anyway, little climate kid. Uh, the other thing, the separation of powers. And so, yeah, so they're, they're tackling it from the separation of powers, basically, which is like, okay, like, 
where should these policies, where should the line be drawn? Should some judge in a black robe ruling from a bench decide where the line should be drawn? Uh, when it comes to uh, environmental questions, or should elected legislators, should uh, uh, the executive branch, should they be the ones who decide where where these lines are drawn? Uh, it, it's a complete power grab by the by the judicial branch. That's what they're trying to get here. So then they get to decide. No, we like that project. Those guys paid us enough money. Yeah. No, those guys didn't bribe us. No, they don't get the project. That's what they're trying to do. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, a slate of bipartisan lawmakers have introduced a joint resolution to protect American beef producers and consumers from Paraguay beef imports. With more, here's our network's Rachel Gable. Colorado's Congresswoman Yadira Caraveo has joined Representative Ronnie Jackson of Texas in filing a Congressional Review Act joint resolution that would strike the Biden administration's decision to overturn a long-standing ban on beef imports from Paraguay. So this CRA that I am, in, am carrying um, on a, it's a bipartisan effort um, with Rep. Ronnie Jackson from uh, Texas would disapprove of the final USDA, USDA rule that allows the importation of Paraguay beef. I think um, what we are mainly concerned about um, is that Paraguay has a long history of foot and mouth disease outbreaks, and there hasn't really been a site visit in the last decade, yet this decision um, on uh, allowing the import of beef from Paraguay has been um, made and, and I think really poses a risk to agriculture here in the United States and in Colorado. We haven't allowed the importation of Paraguay beef for about 25 years. And were something to come in like foot and mouth disease and cause an outbreak here in the United States, it would be really devastating to um, the cattle industry. Despite strong opposition from all of the major U.S. beef trade organizations that have staunchly opposed the USDA decision, to allow the imports, the USDA published their rule late last year. Caraveo said she doesn't believe the beef from Paraguay has been shown to meet the high standards of the U.S. For the Fence Post Magazine and Western Ag Network, I'm Rachel Gable. All right, thanks a lot, Rachel. Now, there's also a similar measure making its way through the Senate with Senator John Tester from Montana and Senator Mike Grounds from South Dakota. Stay with us. We'll have more Ag News right after this. 40 years later, Reminis Angus still provides some of the very best Angus genetics in the entire country with their proven sound bowls developed for longevity, leading the industry back to the future. Reminis Angus offers American outcross bowls that compete on every industry level. Cavinese, maternal performance, feed efficiency, and of course, satisfying the most discerning consumer palate. The Reminis Angus 40th anniversary production sale is March 1st, 1 p.m. in Dillon, Montana. For more information, visit reamangus.com. We growers of the North, it's time to push performance to answer the call of Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9590 and WB9719 offering high yield potential balanced with protein content. Trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. 
Well, the U.S. Government Accountability Office has released a study on the benefits and challenges for technology and its adoption. Well, using precision ag technologies can be very beneficial for efficiency, profitability, and even the environment. High upfront costs can certainly be a barrier for some producers. Now, precision ag technologies have been available since the 1990s, but only 27% of U.S. farms or ranches used precision ag practices to manage crops or livestock based on 2023 USDA reporting. And these are the top five states for tech use, North Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, and Illinois. To see how the rest of our states and our coverage areas stack up when it comes to precision ag technology use, visit us at westerneggnetwork.com. I'm Russell Nimitz. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Uh, man, a lot of a lot of big stories to get to here this morning, a lot of new content for you. But there's a couple of things that I didn't get to yesterday that I still wanted to bring up uh, this morning. But, but first, some of you were wondering at, at the very top of the 6 o'clock hour, I, I mentioned, um, you know, just how... Oh, there's there's a rumor about a Republican and uh, boom, just like that. Immediately, they're forced to respond immediately. The Lee newspapers, which protected and covered for former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock time and time again. Uh, why did they never force Steve Bullock to respond? Not only to rumors, but stuff that was actually in print. I mean, hey, uh, but but if but if there's a rumor about a Republican, immediately they're forced to respond. So some of you are like, "What's what's the story there?" Uh, so Heidi Heitkamp is a former Democrat uh, senator. She's good buddies with the uh, liberal senator John Tester. Um, she got ousted uh, by the the good folks of North Dakota. But anyway, uh, Heidi Heitkamp apparently was on some podcast yesterday, and uh, Politico immediately put, published a story here. Here's the headline from Politico. Rosendale Camp threatens legal action over Heitkamp accusation that he impregnated a staffer. Uh, anyway, Heidi Heitkamp was on a, a podcast, and this is from a tweet from uh, Joe uh, Pertacone, if I pronounced his name right. She said, quote, there's a reason why Rosendale backed out of that Senate race. And then she says, the rumor is that he impregnated a 20-year-old staff person. So this was a rumor thrown out there by the Democrat operative, and immediately... Uh, Congressman Rosendale's forced to respond. Uh, well, I don't know if he was forced to respond, but a, a Rosendale spokesperson, Ron Kovac, uh, responded uh, by saying, quote, this is 100 percent false and defamatory. And former Senator Heitkamp will be hearing from our lawyers soon. So there's a headline at the New York Post. Uh, Representative Matt Rosendale threatens legal action over ex-senators rumor. Uh, that's uh, part of the headline from the New York Post. So anyway, that, that's the story there for those of you who are wondering what that reference was all about. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, 406-294-0970, the number for you. One thing that I didn't get to yesterday that I want to get to today, and I've had a few uh, messages from our listeners talking about this story as well. Did you guys hear about um, this whistleblower inside of Fannie Willis's office? 
So there's a whistleblower. Uh, Jim Jordan talked about this at CPAC over the weekend. There's a whistleblower inside of uh, the Fulton County, Georgia uh, prosecutor's office. Fannie Willis is the one who, of course, is 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 leading uh, part of the political persecution against Donald J. Trump in Fulton County, Georgia. Two big stories there. One, Jim Jordan has apparently uh, found a whistleblower inside her office. The other big story is Breitbart News has this. The Biden administration planted an operative inside of Fannie Willis's office solely to target Trump. So it once again shows how Joe Biden is abusing his position of power to target his political opponent. Uh, Jim Jordan coming up uh, from CPAC in two minutes. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Polls are open for today's presidential primary in Michigan. Results for the GOP primary in Michigan will determine how 16 of the state's 55 RNC delegates will be awarded. The other 39 will be decided Saturday at a state party convention. Fox's Jeff Manasso is a campaign for Democrats to vote uncommitted as a protest against President Biden's support for Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza. The president says he hopes to see a ceasefire in Gaza declared by Monday. Tuition will be free forever at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York City, thanks to a former professor's billion-dollar gift. Ruth Gottesman, who's the widow of a Wall Street investor, has been affiliated with the college for 55 years and chairs its board of trustees. The gift is intended to attract a diverse pool of candidates who otherwise might not have the means to attend. Fox Christina, the goal is also for doctors to be able to start their careers with no medical school debt. America's listening to Fox News. All right, actually less than two minutes in, in about uh, nine, less than 90 seconds, we're going to take you to Jim Jordan and what Jim Jordan, a congressman from Ohio, had to say at CPAC over the weekend. Um, we'll get to the story about the Biden administration planting an operative inside of Fannie Willis's office. But here's what Jim Jordan had to say at CPAC. I'm not sure if uh, Jimmy Kimmel understood what the title of this uh, conversation is. What you talking about, Willis? Bonnie Willis. Uh, did she get back to you today? Yeah, we subpoenaed her. Not yet. Um, I just talked Wait, to her. Wait, is she supposed to get back to you today? Yeah, she's supposed to get documents. Well, did us. you hear from her boyfriend? We haven't. So some, I was talking about this in the office and I said, I said, Bonnie Wade. And it was like a Freudian slip, you know, like I, I, Bonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. So, uh, uh, no, we haven't heard back from her yet. We'll see what we get from her. But there's a whistleblower in her office who we have talked to, our, the committee staff. Yeah, and she, uh, the whistleblower, uh, I think she's like four foot eleven, but Fonnie Willis had seven police like escort her out when, when she fired this lady because this lady raised the concern that Miss Willis was not spending federal funds and the, not following the grant, uh, the rules of the grant and, and, and the grant dollars in the, in the appropriate manner. So uh, she raised this concern and Fonnie Willis fired her. She's now talking with our office and we'll see where that goes. And that's why we, we subpoenaed for records and documents related to this. We'll see what we get. Uh, there's still a few hours left in today. She also was interesting. She, instead of accepting service on the subpoena, she made us send the U.S. Marshals. Even though our office had talked with her office, we've had correspondence back and forth, she made the U.S. Marshals take the subpoena there. So uh, go figure. This is Fonnie Willis. And we all saw her, I think, her attitude on display when she took the took I the thought it was a, I thought it was a skit, but I think it actually was real life. It was real. It well, was you know, real. we said, we sent out a tweet that said we didn't invite Fonnie Willis to CPAC. But there is a funny sandwich with a chaser of Grey Goose vodka if you have enough cash, ready cash in your pocket. Yeah, the, the, the comedy routine from Mr. Slap coming out today, that's awesome. It's been a long year. <laughs> well, um, but we appreciate what you do. We appreciate what CPAC has meant 
or conservative principles for a long, long time. Thank you. It means a lot. All right, there you go. And that was uh, that clip from CPAC, uh, C-SPAN clip. Uh, credit to Benny Johnson for sharing that via Twitter. Uh, let's see. Breitbart News has the other big story regarding Fannie Willis and the political persecution of Trump. Uh, the Biden administration planted a Democrat operative inside a Fulton County office to target former President Trump. Multiple sources familiar with the Fulton County DA's office exclusively to uh, told Breitbart News if the Biden administration planted the operative, as the sources say, it would present a strong argument that the in administration interfered in the 2024 presidential election. Uh, so, again, that story at uh, Breitbart.com. The guy's name is Jeff. Do you pronounce it DeSantis? But it's a different spelling than Ron DeSantis. It's uh, D-I instead of D-E. So uh, there you go. All right, let's see. Um, man, I got a bunch of great messages that came in on our Montana Talks app. Let me give those a read during the break here and share after this. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Oh, yeah, right on, John. Yeah, you're you're right. They gave it the green light, basically, so the Black Butte copper mine, this is the message from right on John and Bozeman, the Black Butte uh, copper mine just beat the climate activists in court just the other day. Yeah, here's the headline, Montana Supreme Court rules in favor of major copper mine. Stalled work, this is from the Associated, from the Liberal Associated Press, stalled work on a major copper mine proposed in central Montana can proceed after the state's Supreme Court ruled Monday, that's yesterday, that officials had adequately reviewed the project's environmental effects. The court's 5-2 to two decision overturns a 2022 lower court ruling that effectively blocked work on the Black Butte mine north of White Sulphur Springs by revoking its permit. Uh, so anyway, that can... Have you guys ever noticed this? It's 2024. It's an election year. There are two major uh, seats open for the Montana Supreme Court. And much like the flip-flop, flat-top, fake, phony, moderate, liberal Senator John Tester... The liberal mob on the Montana Supreme Court. Wow, it's an election year and the Montana Supreme Court all of a sudden starts making some reasonable decisions. Wow, isn't that just interesting? Wow. So my, my question to you is, do you think that the current liberal mob majority on the Montana Supreme Court would make the same reasonable decision one year from today? that they just made yesterday? Or do you think they would come up with some excuse to put a halt to this copper mine near White Sulphur Springs, Montana? I think we all know the answer to that, right? Election year politics by the liberal mob majority. But hey, you know, let's, get, let's, let's put more cases on their docket, I guess, in an election year to try to force their hand here. But yeah, no, I think I think they know how popular this proposed mine is. They know how, you know, the folks in White Sulphur Springs, they want jobs for their kids to be able to stay stay here, to be able to work here. They want they want revenue to 
you know, build nice roads, schools. I mean, you name it. You know, you know, list list of various reasons why they want it. And, and oh, by the way, if you like electric vehicles, you're going to need four times the amount of copper that the rest of us are going to need to power our vehicles. So just an FYI there. But yeah, no, I, have you ever noticed that? Oh, it's an election year. All of a sudden they're making reasonable decisions. They'll go back to being crazy left-wing loons a, a year from now, but they've got to at least pretend to be moderate, pretend to be justices here uh, during election years at some point. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, I still think though, that even though it's an election year, they'll still figure out a way to to uh, to support the climate kids uh, nonsensical lawsuit because it gives them so much power. It, it gives the courts, you know, veto power over any stinking thing they want in Montana. Then it gives them a lot of power, which means a lot of people are going to be contributing to their campaigns because they've got so much power over them. So, so I, I don't think the liberal mob majority on the Montana Supreme Court will, will be able to... Uh, to look away from that one. Um, by the way, speaking of the Montana Supreme Court, the chief justice seat is one of the positions that is up uh, in this year's election. Corey Swanson is a great guy, Iraq War veteran, several deployments overseas, uh, multiple tours as a battalion commander because apparently he was so effective at his job. Uh, he's a Broadwater County attorney, a prosecutor there, and uh, just comes from a great family. Uh, grew up in the Manhattan, uh, Montana area. What is it about Manhattan? Manhattan, Montana sure produces some great uh, some great uh, folks, doesn't it? Man, I tell you what, what a good community there. You know, our, our buddy David Doble, who joins us every Thursday on the show, grew up in Manhattan, Montana. Well-raised guy uh, there as well. Uh, let's see. Another story from yesterday that I, I, and I'll get to more of these messages on our Montana Talks app. Certainly, we got more folks weighing in on the illegal immigration invasion and the crime spree that's going on across the country. We want to get into that. But um, speaking of crime, and one other story that I didn't get to yesterday that I want to share with you here. Thankfully, our, our producer, Travis, edited out some of the bad language here. But um, do you guys know who Jillian Michaels is? So she, I forget what she was on some TV show. She's like a fitness trainer. So she's one of these fitness uh, folks that had a TV show. I forget what the what the TV show even was, but you know, a lot of Hollywood types would know who she is. She was on with Bill Maher, you know, the really liberal guy on HBO, and she was blasting California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, because Bill Maher says, for whatever reason, you know, Bill Maher has shown some common sense to the COVID craziness and more, but yet Bill Maher still says he would support Gavin Newsom for president, which shows you how bad Joe Biden is when when Bill Maher is, is, is even saying that he would support a Gavin Newsom run for president. And so anyway, apparently this uh, Jillian Michaels decided to move to Florida. That's right, Jerry. She moved to Florida like so many other people that bailed on the liberal California and went to the free states of Florida, the free states of Texas, the free states of Montana. Well, Jillian Michaels moves to Florida. And so apparently uh, this was a, a post on X by Colin Rugg. So apparently Bill Maher was really trying to corner Jillian Michaels by asking her if if her California life was any worse under Newsom. He was trying to be like, oh, come on. Yeah, COVID stuff. Yeah, this and that. But really, was your life really that bad? 
in California. And then listen to what she had to say in this very casual, laid-back conversation. California had lost its mind. And it was a piece of legislation that I, I can't recall. Did it affect your life? But Bill, did it affect your is life? Is the crime affecting our lives? Is, is homelessness it, is affecting crime, our was lives? Was crime affecting your life? My, here yeah, in absolutely. My house got broken into. Your house got broken into. Yes, and guess what? The relationship with PG and E. My house burned down in 2018. Where's your house? I'm, I'm in Malibu. <laughs> Malibu. Uh, yeah. You got wow. You got broken into in Malibu. I got. <laughs> Things so, are rough out there. No, like, our, oh, it, it was so nice. Guess, guess who let the guy out during COVID? Because I got the letter. Newsom. It was the guy's third offense. He broke into our house. He had duct tape and a video camera. Anyway, long story. But he third strike. Guy goes to jail. Gets let out during COVID. I mean, give me fucking break. Yeah, thanks for the edit there on the language, Travis. Yeah, so... Bill Maher, you know, with, there's a couple of things that were interesting about this back and forth. Uh, one is Jillian Michaels is just like, yeah, Gavin, Gavin Newsom let this guy out. This guy had, had already had a, a rap sheet. He breaks into our house. He's got duct tape and he's got this. Mm-hmm. Was, he, was he looking to kidnap somebody too? I mean, that's what it certainly sounded like there. And Gavin Newsom let the guy back out onto the streets. And so, so yeah, Bill Maher was, but, but what's interesting is, is where Bill Maher was coming from. Cause Bill Maher to me, what he, what you just heard Bill Maher say right there is what some of the bougie liberals in Bozeman will say. It's what some of the, the posh neighborhood liberals in Billings might say, you know, for, 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 for some of those, those, those liberals that live in, you know, the, the nice neighborhoods on the. Uh, you know, at the, below the foot of the rims or even above the rims so they can look down upon us all, right? Or or live even further, you know. They're like, well, yeah, the crime in Billings is bad, but it doesn't affect us. That's what Bill Maher was trying to say here, but uh, unfortunately, uh, J- <laughs> J- Jillian, is it Jill- yeah, Jillian Michaels said, oh, well, actually, um, first off, the environmental policies, the radical environmentalism, my house burned down. So, yeah, thank you very much, Gavin Newsom. And then second off, yeah, uh, the crime is affecting me. But Bill Maher was expressing what a lot of the bougie liberals of Bozeman, the hipsters of Bozeman would tell you, what the, what the, the posh neighborhood liberals, uh, the old traditional hierarchy of, you know, of Billings and the Billings Chamber, we want to tax everybody uh, crowd. What they would say is, well, yeah, the crime stats are bad in Billings, but doesn't affect us. So they don't care. Until, of course, it does affect them. And then, sorry, guys, a little late. A little late for that. But that's what they're saying. They're saying, well, we don't care because the crime problem is other people's problem. It's a problem in those other neighborhoods, not in ours. So they don't care about the illegal immigration invasion. They don't care about the youth gang at, well, not in our neighborhood. Well, actually, it kind of did happen in your neighborhood. But they don't care because it's not their problem. They don't see it as their problem. They see it as the problem for you working class folks out there. And you working class folks are the ones that vote for Donald J. Trump. And you're the ones that vote for the Republicans. Well, except for there's a lot of Democrat voters on the south side of Billings. And there's a lot of Democrat voters on the reservations who are being absolutely just punished by Joe Biden and John Tester's policies right now. But you know what? The the uppity white liberals that run the Montana Democrat Party that tell you, you will call that boy a girl. It's ma'am. Those uppity white liberals, 
they don't care about the crime. They don't care about the fentanyl. They don't care about the wide open southern borders because it isn't their problem. They don't see it affecting their neighborhood. And they don't care about yours, whether your neighborhood's on the reservation, the building south side, you name it. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. How much money did they make from selling access to Joe the brand? You know, what did the Biden family, what did they do? What services did they offer? How much money did Joe get? According to Hunter's laptop, you know, he was tired of giving half of his income to Pops and, you know, uh, asking people, what account should I pay my father's home repairs from? How many business associates ultimately did Joe speak to and meet with? How are the transfer of the business? What do the grandchildren do for this? Do they know that Hunter was addicted to crack cocaine at the time while selling access to Joe? You know, what was the first year that, that gave money to Joe Biden? What about all these loans? Can you bring us the official loan agreement so we can take a look at it? You know, is Joe the big guy? You know, just there's so many questions. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking, patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with precious metals like gold and silver. And guess what? Sean Hannity is doing the same. He's been purchasing precious metals like gold and silver from the top-rated company, GoldCo. GoldCo is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner, number one rated gold IRA company with over 5,000 five-star reviews. And they've placed over $2 billion in precious metal sales for people just like you. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. That's right, up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So if you're looking to diversify your savings, call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD to learn how you could get started today. Tell them Hannity sent you and see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver. Call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. This is the Montana Economic Minute. When it comes to our climate future, I think it pays to be skeptical. Skeptical of exactly what? That's a hard question to answer, but I'll try. I'm skeptical of the extremes on both sides of the conversation. When someone tells me we must eliminate carbon emissions in 10 years, I'm dubious. It cannot be done, and we should proceed on that basis. The extreme in the other direction, that nothing can or should be done to limit carbon emissions, is no more reasonable. Even more unreasonable is the fact that we're employing perhaps the least effective ways of doing this, government command and control. Serious policy would incent private sector investment to get the job done. A carbon tax would be a big piece of that solution. There is more to be skeptical about. Those who predict higher consequences for the economy from warming have little appreciation for how well the economy has adjusted to new circumstances over this span of history. And those who hold hope for a technological fix that falls into our lap to yield cheap carbon-free energy wherever it's needed, I'm skeptical. I'm Patrick Barkey. One sixty-two sixty-three. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. He's got some ice cream. He's got some ice cream. And you don't have none. My good. Did you guys see this video of of uh, Joe Biden 
I mean, put the freaking ice cream cone down for like two minutes. You're being asked a serious question about an ongoing war following a terrorist attack, following the worst attack on Jewish civilians since the Holocaust. Here's Joe Biden. Um, so Joe Biden, who can't do serious news interviews, who couldn't even do a 10-minute 10, 10 press conference the other day, taking some questions without getting unhinged and forgetting world leaders' names. Here he is. So he goes on um, NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers for a softball, uh, uh, man, uh, you know, if you've heard the, the highlights of that interview, it was, uh, what a joke. Uh, not that any of the jokes during the interview were funny, just the interview itself, the idea of the interview itself was just a total joke. But but apparently after, this is from the Associated Press via X, he commented on the negotiations between Israel and Hamas after taping an appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. Uh, this was in New York. And he's got a big old fat ice cream cone, and he's just sitting there looking around, licking the big old ice cream cone. He was asked a question about, you know, the war uh, in, in Israel, uh, where they're taking the fight to these radical Islamic terrorists in the Gaza Strip, who still have, by the way, who still are holding American hostages, who are still holding uh, Israeli hostages, right? And... And so when you're going to hear the audio, but you really have to see the video to get the full effect here. The guy's just sitting there licking his stinking ice cream. It's like, can you put the stupid ice cream? I'm sure one of your staffers will go get you another mint chocolate chip or Rocky Road, whatever the heck it is you think you need so desperately right now. Like, like it's one thing if he's going to do the, hey, what are you doing today, Mr. President? Well, I'm enjoying some mint chocolate chip and, uh, you know... Uh, Having the dog bite Secret Service agents, that's one thing if you're just smoking and joking. The guy was asked a serious question. Put the stupid ice cream down for one second. Can you give us a second when you think that ceasefire will start, sir? Well, I hope by the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. My goodness, I mean, the guy is, is con consistently throwing our friends and our allies in Israel under the bus. He's asked a serious question. There he is just, but the, the ice cream, you know, is like a bobblehead doll just, you know, shaking in front of him. I mean, it's just uh, completely unserious uh, right now. But you know the whole reason he, he did that little stunt, right? He's trying to appease the radical Arab vote, the radical Muslim vote. In Michigan, today is Michigan primary day, and Joe Biden is trying to appease the radical uh, Muslim vote in Michigan. That's what the story is here. All right. Just painful to see what's happening in this country right now. Well, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, literal pain. Uh, we talk about figurative pain. Uh, I know many of you are having a literal pain, pain in your knees, pain in your hips, pain in your back. And uh, you don't want to get surgery if you don't have to. And you're trying to stay off of painkillers because we know, you know, with fentanyl and the opioid epidemic, that getting hooked on painkillers can be a really bad thing as well. Uh, well, what if there was a natural way to get over that pain? Well, there is. In fact, the nation's leader in something known as regenerative medicine is now on the ground here in Montana, QC Kinetics. That what they do, they take, they take the healing agents that are already in your body and they break them down, consolidate them, and put them directly into those achy joints. 
Uh, so you can you can get over your pain with no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. You can get a free consultation from QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics at 406-201-6263. QC Kinetics. Using the estate tax to your benefit. I'm Taylor Riggs, co-host of The Big Money Show with your Fox Business tax tip coming up. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. The annual gift tax is a great way to reduce taxes. The federal gift tax exemption was increased to $18,000 in 2024 or a combined $36,000 for married couples. The lifetime gift exemption was also increased to $13.6 million. This means that married couples can now shield about $27 million without having to pay any federal estate or gift tax. You can use this tool to pass on gifts in a tax-free way. Watch The Big Money Show weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business. Taylor Riggs, Fox News. 